What is up, podcast people? It is Christopher Coleman once again with The Soundcast, the official podcast of tracksounds.com. Thanks once again for joining us for our special little podcast. Today we have on a special composer guest. You probably know his name. If you don't know his name, you know his game. If you're a gamer, you've definitely heard uh, his music um, in recent years. Uh, Our guest today is Kevin Ripple, and he's been a composer within the game genre for some time, but uh, has also composed scores for, for films as well, such as Clemency and Broken August and Unnoticed and Lost Crossing. Some of his work has appeared in film trailers, such as Gangs of New York, uh, also within Resident Evil. But most recently, he's worked on uh, some very important and big game titles, such as Gears of War 2 and, of course, Gears of War back in the day, Um, Unreal Tournament 3, Unreal Tournament 2003, I think just about all the Unreal (laughs) tournaments. Um, And just now coming out is Microsoft's Crackdown 2. Kevin Ripple, thanks for joining us on the Soundcast. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, our pleasure. Of course, of course. I just want to clarify up one of the credits on that. Uh, oh. People have been getting confused lately with the Gears of War 2 credit. I don't know why. Um, but I didn't, obviously, I don't take credit for the score. For that. I take credit for some additional music and yes. themes. But we all know that Steve Jablonski did the score for Gears of War 2. Absolutely. And I should, and I should have made that clear, but I didn't. I want to give you some bonus credit. Man. <laughs> thanks. thanks. But I, you know, I don't like when other composers, you know, ride on the tail of a project and. Oh, and they take credit for it. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to own up and just, you know let people know the story. Ah, uh, well, karma will find you, and you'll, you'll be getting Gears of War three, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I don't think that's. <laughs> um, well, uh, welcome back. We've had several conversations o- over the years, and it's always good to chat with you. Um, recently recovered from. E3, uh, yes. me being all the way the heck on the East Coast, E3 is not a very real possibility for me, so I have to live vicariously through tweets and <laughs> Facebook postings like yours. Um, how was E3 for you? Uh, it was really good. I mean, it, it was one of the first years that I didn't plan any specific meetings. Mm. Um, I just wanted to go and enjoy the show, and I mean, I did... I. Thought I was going to have three games on the show floor, but it ended up only being two games. Um, one was the Crackdown 2, and one was uh, Hunted, the Demon's Forge. And I just wanted to walk the floor and try it, you know, try as much out as I could and um, just enjoy it as a, as a video gamer rather than someone in the industry. Okay. Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was, there was no pressure or anything. I just walked around and enjoyed it. I mean, that's why this year... Then previous years, I was able to tweet more and Facebook more and just, you know, keep the images flowing and the text going. Uh, right, right. Because I wasn't in a rush to go from meeting to meeting or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So uh, in that aspect, I mean, it ended up being more exhausting than the previous <laughs> years because they, maybe because I was just so overloaded with, you know, trying things out, talking to tons of people and, you know, just constantly on the show floor walking around. And then afterwards is when... You know, when the show ended is when I had my dinners and, you know, the parties that, were, were, you know, you get invited to. Right, um, right. So they ended up being really long days. But it was it was a huge amount of fun just just walking around and, and checking out the all the games coming out. Um, so there's so you- much. There are so many. I mean, obviously, with uh, Microsoft Connect, 
You have yeah. the Sony yeah. Move. Yeah. Um, and then the Sony booth had uh, the, the 3D gaming thing with their uh, 3D systems, which yeah. was pretty damn cool, I have to say. I mean, really? I, t- I tweeted it at the time. I was like, you know, some people might think the whole 3D thing is gimmicky. Um, like, and it like, just, it might be, um, it's probably going to be very expensive. Right, not everybody's right. going to go out and buy a 3d system, but, right, right. and it is really sharp. It is really, really cool. Is it um, that much more immersive? It is. I only tried out there. They only had, they had a, I forget what games they had. Uh, they had a baseball game, which looked f- freaking fabulous. Yeah. Um, and then they had, I think it's a wipeout game, you know, the space, the racing game oh, where you're yeah, going yeah. down the tube tracks and everything yeah. that was last because the car was like right or the whatever the vehicle was like right there okay. you know pretty much almost looking tangible and you're going through this this race and it just it i don't know it heightened the experience for me hmm. okay uh, but i don't know how it would work for every game out there i think there's only a certain amount of games that you know it might benefit from the 3d technology mm-hmm. um, so- but it was definitely definitely a step in a new direction yeah um, yeah it was nice to see it because uh, one of my complaints on the show floor was that um, you had, there's a lot of shooters coming out, mm-hmm. and they, they are looking very similar. I mean, I'm sure they're, gonna, they're obviously going to have different storylines. They're obviously going to have different you know, gameplay aspects, but it just seems like everything is on par graphically now with each other. It's like nothing's really blowing your mind yeah. graphically. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I think that's only one aspect of video games anyway. I think, you know, video games should have story. Video games should have, you know, other things that engulf the player. Um, but it just now seems that everything, you know, they're at the point now where they're, they hit a ceiling now where everything is really, like, very comparable to each other. Right. Um, which is not bad, but when you're just looking at it and, you don't, and you're just playing a demo and it's just, you know, it's, it seems like, you know, you can't really experience the game for what it might be in the full version mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah so i mean it, it that was that was one part of the show that i just i found almost like i i guess I, don't know, I was sad about it because i was playing all these different games and it was like wow this reminds me of this game i just got done playing this yeah, game yeah yeah, yeah. Or this game, uh you know i don't want to mention any any yeah, titles everybody knows what games are coming out um but uh yeah, it just seemed like, you know, it, it, they all could be part of one one game just by playing one level. I mean, I'm not saying the games are like that, but yeah. you're limited to a, a snippet of gameplay. Um, yeah. It's, they all, you know, they, there's a good chance they're all going to look alike. Did, did anything blow you away? I mean, it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like games themselves uh, are blowing the game, but maybe the technologies, be it the connect or the move or the 3d stuff but were there any games that actually were like wow um crackdown 2 <laughs> <laughs> i should have said aside from i'm <laughs> <laughs> um, hunted the demons forge was it <laughs> obviously you're involved in the video game industry this time you've kind of gone as you're saying you went more as a video game enthusiast more than as a video game composer um from the years that you've gone as the composer with the meetings, uh, coming away from it, do you take away different things? Do you think it's as, as valuable or more valuable doing it the way you did this year? Um, yeah, I mean, because I was able to experience um, 
well, being that I went as, a, as an enthusiast, I was able to take in a lot more of what the industry was showing. Mm-hmm. And being in the industry as someone who you know works in games, I think that's essential to see how f- things are perceived and how things are uh, being reviewed, or well, what's getting awarded, or, um, or even at a personal level, what I like. I mean, mm-hmm. what you know, my my tastes have changed over the years. So, I mean, it allowed me a time to really uh, evaluate um, one what I like in the uh, in the video game industry, and you know what others are are flocking towards. Uh-huh. So, I mean, because I think anybody who is in the industry should step back and be the person to uh, witness it from the outside, because it only helps when you know. And I would put this. It only helps when you're on the outside and viewing the industry as a as a um, enthusiast or or just someone who uh, enjoys playing, yeah. um, and then go back on the inside and you know instead of just having the inside view. I mean, because you can just make games and make games and make games, but if you're not on the on the outside looking in, uh, you can lose a lot of what the fans like and what you know, people are dying to play or what people are sick of or, and I think that's essential when you make games. Right. Oh, or any, any kind of media for that matter. So you've, you have two games that you've just completed not too long ago. Um, the first uh, I want to ask you about won a few awards at E3, uh, which was Hunted, uh, The Demon's Forge, which was published by Bethesda and developed by uh, InXile. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that project and what awards um, it won? It it's actually not completed yet. Um, okay. And that is it's still in development, and I'm still writing music for it. I think I have a decent chunk of music uh, left to write for it. Um, but uh, that is a um, I like I the reason I like this game even more now after being I mean I liked being a part of it to begin with, but yeah. I like it even more now after being at E3 because of the similarity of a lot of the other games coming out. Okay. I mean, this this is seems to be like a, a little throwback to the fantasy-type games, um, you know, the dungeon crawls. Um, but it has sort of like a... See, I don't know how much I can talk about this. I mean, obviously, what people I've seen at uh, E3, I'm allowed to talk about. Um, and it's just got an edgier, darker... Um, I don't want to say modern style to it, but it, it's just, it's, um, I don't even know how to, how to say it. It's got a darker, edgier feel to it than, than a normal fantasy dungeon crawl. Um, but okay. it does have that vibe to it. I mean, I believe it is, uh, it's not a sandbox game. Um, it's, a, uh, I would say, linear gameplay. Um, and it's a lot of, I mean, it, I ha- I've had a lot of fun playing it. Because and it's based the the gameplay is solely based off of co-op play, um, so there's always two two characters going along the storyline constantly, um, and you can you get, one can be uh, you know you can have two people play it or you can have one people play it and the other one AI takes over the other one, um, okay. and you can switch back and forth, um, but uh, yeah I'm having a blast you know. Because there was a there was a period of writing on the game, and then there was a, a pause to get everything ready for E3 and everything. Um, and now that after seeing it at E3, I've got this new fire to continue writing for. Not that the fire died out, but it was you know just after seeing and see people's reaction. Of course, it's gonna you know you know pump you up to continue work. 
it. So, um, but the awards it won. Yeah. Um, Game Chronicles Best of E3 2010 winner. Okay. Uh, what is Games Radar Reason to Live Award? The reason. <laughs> that's, that's pretty high. Uh, pretty high award. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. This the, the Best of E3 nominee was Gaming Excellence. And I can't read what other. I don't know if it got any other awards. That's that because I because it was a closed booth, um, and it was you had to, it was a Bethesda booth with a bunch of their games in it, and you had a um, you couldn't just pass by and see what awards it was. So I was in there a couple times, and I the one time I was in there, it had three awards on one of the huge statues of one of the characters. Um, so I don't know if it got any more. At this point, okay. Well, that's well, that's a pretty good start, I would say. Yeah, if the game hasn't been finished yet, that's that's a really good. The start. game's looking really, really good, and it's it's got a uh, a bunch of uh, different styles of gameplay in it that I, I think are gonna make the game fun. Okay, and, but there's no it's it's not finished yet, so there's no release date. Yet. No release date yet. Crackdown 2, big, big time sequel uh, for that kind of a surprise hit game of 2007, the, the, the first Crackdown. Um, and it, a very different kind of game. I remember I, I got the demo, played the demo, I never bought the full game, but I remember, I remember being intrigued just that it was different than, than most anything else I was playing at the time. Um, of course, there was the connection to Halo 3. Uh, if you got the demo of Crackdown. Um, yeah. Oh, right. I remember that. Yep. So I yep. think that, I mean, I think that worked. That got people to download it and I try it. I think so, too. I and think they, so. And they were and they were uh, into it. Um, fast forward two years, three years, and Crackdown 2 is about to be here. The demo's just been released a couple days ago. Um, and and you're on board. Um, of course, yes. crack, the first Crackdown uh had all i think it was mostly source uh music some remixes all licensed, of things all, yeah all licensed stuff. yeah all licensed material yep but they went a little different direction um, this time yeah i think uh i think they wanted a a little bit more of a, a personal touch to the characters in the or the main character mm-hmm. in the storyline and it has more of a, a an a arcing storyline now and so i think they brought the uh a composer in to handle that aspect of it because there are still the licensed stuff right. there are still source uh pieces that are played when you go to different parts of the city but right. so it's i think the the score is divvied up into three sections and i took care of the original score aspect okay. um how did you happen to get connected to this particular project well last year at e3 they had this teaser trailer that they were playing on a huge Microsoft screen. And I, I was just standing there. I, I saw, I didn't know that they were going to have a crackdown too, because I loved the first one. I, I, I played that game to death. And then I saw they had crackdown two coming out. I'm like, I've got to get on. I've got to try to get on that. <laughs> so, uh, at the time I just started, uh, working with sound Deluxe. Mm-hmm. They had, they, 
they started a new music model where they would become an agency. So um, they became my agent, an agency. So, um, and Gloria Soto was there at the time, and they uh, they had connections with Microsoft because they they've obviously done a crap load of uh, VO work and and sound design for Microsoft. So. Um, after finding out that they, Microsoft couldn't find the sound they were looking for for the game, um, I, I just kept on pushing. I'm like, let me try out, let me try out, let me try out. So um, I was given the direction to um, by um, Gloria to say, write something. They want something that doesn't sound like anything else. They want something that sounds out of the box. So I was like, okay. So I found that out on a Friday night. I... I wrote Friday and Saturday, and I created three pieces of music that were out of the box. I mean, I just wrote. I mean, I wrote. I knew Crackdown. I knew all the new images of Crackdown that they were releasing. So I just took what I thought would fit the Crackdown universe and wrote. And I, I was lucky enough, it got into their hands, and they loved it. They they said okay. I, they said I nailed it. So and I. Oddly enough, and lucky enough on my part, the one of the pieces I wrote ended up being the main title, the main theme menu music for the game, which is usually one of the hardest things to accomplish when you're writing music for a game is to uh, come up with the main theme and everybody be happy with that main theme. So it was, it was that was a huge burden off my shoulders right at the start of the project. So so that's how that's how I uh, got the gig and. It's it's literally okay. been a project. Well, it, you know, I've heard the the music that's that's available for it. it's it's pretty edgy uh, stuff, edgy electronica stuff. But you've uh, but it, but it's more versatile than that. Once I first started listening, I thought, okay, I know I know what this is going to be about. But then uh, I kind of get onto uh, some other tracks, and you've got this really nice violin sort of solo kind of going looped in there. Um, and, and it really kind of like, oh, okay, there's, there's, there's some layers here. And, uh, so I was really impressed by that. Um, but one of the things that, you know, as I listened to, to the music a few times through, I was kind of, and I don't mean this, and I, cause I know composers hate this when, you, when the music gets compared to anything else, but because the, the game is similar in this regard in that it's an open world sort of situation, it took me maybe an hour or more of listening to it to think, you know, this is starting to feel a little bit of a, of a infamous vibe. Um, I don't know if you ever played infamous. Um, no, I never did. The music for infamous was very interesting in that they recorded so many bizarre sounds and did so many crazy things to instruments to, to make a very, that, and that's what's similar is that the palette of it is so different. Right. Anything else that that's right. what was similar was that this has the same kind of eerie kind of twisted vibe to it. That's like, I don't know what this is exactly. I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> well, that's you know, good. I mean, I, I take that 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 entire sentiment as a, a compliment because that's exactly the approach I took. I, I wanted to create. I mean, I like to for each project, I try to create a unique sound, a unique uh, style. To it, but this one even more so because of the requirements to create something out of the box, something that hasn't been heard before, and something that, when heard, will be okay. That that's definitely a crackdown sound. Um, and I think uh, 
I'm happy because I they they uh, Microsoft have t- have told me that I did do that and uh, and of course as a composer that's that's you know an awesome feeling um, but yeah that was the goal was to create and you know I would like to check out the infamous music now I mean not that I never wanted to but I just never got yeah. around to it. to get into you know some of the some of the uh, licensed music that they use of course this time they remixed them i mean stuff from bob dylan credence uh, credence clearwater revival um tokyo black star adam freeland how did having that music affect you or did it affect you i mean having knowing that that was going to be in there did it have any bearing on what you did none at all none at all um to be honest i didn't even know the list of artists um, they were using to do remixes, and I didn't even know the list of artists of the licensed material they were getting. Um, so, and I kind of sort of think they wanted it that way, um, just so I can be off in the the zone of writing the the thematic, emotional, uh, you know, uh, style for the game. Um, but and I just recently, just now that the demo's out, I've heard some of the licensed remix stuff, and it's really really cool. Um, people are going to really dig it. I mean, there's, there was a time in the demo where, yeah, I, I forget what song it was. It might've been the Credence song, um, where it's playing in one of the, uh, the cells, you know, big, you know, road warrior style looking trucks and you can get in the truck and just, you know, listen to the song from beginning to end. And it's just, it's just really cool. I mean, cause that's, that's one of the aspects of the game I, I like is, you know, each, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Remixes and the other music are used in certain situations uh-huh. to help you know er- certain areas you're in and, and stuff. So okay, I, well know. let me let me ask you how how was the music? If you can say without spoiling anything, you could, you alluded to it already a little bit that your music was really kind of to to tell the the story arc of the main character. But did you also then in any way define the agency or the cells or the freaks? I mean, oh yeah, okay. yes. That in my music, I, I was yes. I the freaks definitely. Uh, there was a lot of music that uh, covered the 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 freak race, uh, the freaks in general. <laughs> um, then there was a sound for um, the uh, agency, mm-hmm. which was more of a. Like more of an, uh, a, a relaxing type of sound, um, except for like, uh, how do I say this? See, I don't know. Um, for the agency was more, I mean, because I believe for the agency, they're, they're um, within the story, they're trying to keep a, a peace, mm-hmm. trying to keep calm. So that's, their music is, um, you know, when I wrote any agency stuff, there's not a lot. Um, because there is source music that is that is done by new age, a couple new age electronic artists that they use for the agency. Okay. Um, but the stuff I've done for the agency, I did sort of take that into consideration when writing my tracks for you know, hmm. keeping it a little low key, less busy, um, yep. more uh, synth patty, uh, hmm. new agey type okay. of influences. And and the freaks is more just freaky. Yeah, bizarre, <laughs> freaky. Um, 
for a couple of freak pieces, I try to convey, you know, just uneasiness. Um, one of the freak pieces, I try to, you know, have the feeling, uh, and this was conveyed to me uh, via Christopher, Christopher Melroth of, uh, you know, audio director at uh, Microsoft. It's like he wanted uh, sort of like bones trickling, um, like tapping on glass and sort of like sort of like getting under your skin type of feeling. So I did some, you know, odd sounding, you know, recording techniques with chopsticks and little pieces of wood and everything and stone and sort of got like a, a clitter clattery effect. Mm -hmm. um, so that could be heard in one of the freak pieces. Okay. Um, so yeah, for them I tried that for the freaks I tried to get more of a, a unrecognizable type of vibe to it. Okay. To them. I, I'd say you succeeded without playing it and just listening to it. It's like, what the heck? Thank you. <laughs> um, what, what would you say your biggest challenge on this project was? I, I don't know. There wasn't one. I mean, I, I, like I said earlier, it was a dream project. And, um, you know, there are hiccups and there are trouble spots in a, in a lot of games that I've done. Hmm. Um, and, I you know, I don't want people to think this is, oh, he's just kissing the butt of the last <laughs> developer publishers worked for. But seriously, yeah. um, just everybody on the whole audio team was such a blast to work with. There were real, they might have seen hiccups on their side with stuff they dealt with. Um, yeah. But on my end, I never, ever had an issue with anything. The only issue I had, and it wasn't even an issue, it was just it was a matter of there was a, one last p piece I had to write. Mm -hmm. And it was for a part of the game, I think it was for the beginning of the game, um, which is sort of like the introductory part of the story in the game as you're getting introduced to your uh, character. Right. And I think I had about six hours to write the piece because we were waiting to hear back to find out if we were going to use a licensed piece of music for that section. Yeah. Or if, and I really wanted to write a piece for it. And they got back to me, you know, when they could to, with a definite answer, say, go ahead, write it. So I had about six to seven hours to write the full piece and record whatever oh. instruments I wanted to put on it. And luckily, the instruments I used on it that I wrote with, I was able to play and record here in my studio. Um, but that was that was the only real challenge I had. And hmm. you know, I write, mix, and produce the track within yeah. that tiny frame, time frame. Yeah. Actually, it ended up being a little bit more than six hours because as I was getting towards the end of the writing the piece, like I was, you know, we were going back and forth on instant messengers saying, you know. Can I get it to you at this time? Can I get it to you at this? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, we're gonna be here all night. You know, they're they're at the sound stage, and um, okay. so it ended up working out. So it was probably a longer end. But when I when I first set out, I I got the call and said, Oh, I've only got six hours. Okay, I can do this. <laughs> so that was the only only real you know challenge. But as far as musically, creatively, and person dealing with personalities, not one. Okay. No, really. I mean, they were. We had weekly meetings. Um, they were always available to talk with on chat, on MSN chat and everything. So yeah, it was yeah. a really smooth, flowing process. And I, okay. Well, sometimes it's, it's a technical thing like, oh, man, my friggin' Mac went down or, you know, or, you know, the soloist I hired to come in and record didn't show up. You know what I mean? It could be anything. But overall, it was, sounds like it was just a really smooth It was process. great. I mean, there were some, I think, I believe some, you know, aspects on there and as far as the interactivity with the music um uh just how they were going to implement the uh the different stems of audio i was sending them how you know if there was going to be enough time to do what they wanted to do mm. but, but again it was a time thing it wasn't 
it wasn't anybody, you know, that was having, you know, hiccups along the way at all. It was, it was. So let me switch gears on you real quick and just say four words to you. <laughs> and those were, and not four letter words, no, four <laughs> words. <laughs> okay. Um, and that is dude, aliens, colonial Marines. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Can I say four words to you? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. <laughs> you know what they said? They said uh, the E3 floor plan said it was going to be on the floor at the Sega booth. Um, and I was all excited. I'm like, woo, people are going to be able to see footage. I'm going to be able to see footage. And maybe I'll be able to hear some of my music that I created in the game. And I get to the show floor. It's nowhere to be found. And I met with a the producer of the game who was actually there um, and he had footage on his iPad and again another thing that got me even more excited to be working on the game I mean it really I mean it wasn't fully rendered stuff but what I saw was like this game is gonna look good um, but yeah I was I was sad that it, that Sega didn't have it on the floor but I don't know what it would have benefited them if they did have it on the floor you know because it is a, it's, I don't know. I see, I have no idea when it is going to be uh, released. Um, that's another game I have a decent chunk of music left to write on. Um, I would love to be able to, I mean, I have a lot of music written for it already, and I would love to be able to release one of the uh, synth mock-up tracks that I have for it. Um, just to, I don't know, help with the, uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Promotion? Yeah, that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That thing. Yeah, just keep people interested along the way. You know, I'd love to be able to just share one of my music well, tracks. That seems to be happening a, a lot more now. I mean, you just released your whole score for the movie Clemency. Yes. On, on your Facebook page, which um, anyone wants to to uh, hook up with you. Is it? It's a fan page, right, Kevin? Kevin it's a Ripple. fan page. If they just search for Kevin Ripple Music, they'll find the fan page. Yeah. Okay. You have it up there for free. Um, you've streamed some of your tracks from Crackdown 2 on there. Yeah, uh, some snippets. Yep. I just got an email from another composer today who just uh, made hit one of his game scores completely available um, for free. So it seems yeah. like this kind of thing's happening, which, you know, there's no one going to be complaining about that. Um, it's happening <laughs> Free more is more. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you, you know, as a composer, you know, does, are you just most of the time just itching for people to hear what you've, what you've done? And yeah, that is part of it. Um, like I released Clemency, and that's that is making its festival rounds now. So people are hearing that in that aspect. But there's the feature indie feature that I did, which is the horror thriller uh, A New Ho uh, New Hope Manor, which I released also on my page. And I finished that back in September of '09, and it's really had no outlet. And I want to share the music. And I mean, part of being a composer is like, you know, you don't. Well, me as a composer, I mean, yeah, I can write and write and write, but part of it is sharing it. I mean, as with anything in life, I think. Um, so I have like 50 minutes of music sitting here, and no one's really hearing it. I would, and I know people out there love that style of music. I mean, that's I love to write. So um, instead of looking for an avenue to make money off of it, um, like trying to go through uh, the iTunes or CD Baby or whatever the avenue is, um, I'd say, you know what? get it out there. I mean, the more people that have it in their hands the and they get a kick out of listening to it, then, you know, fine. That's whatever. It's, it's like they can grab it if they want and um, and so be it. I mean, I, there's nobody telling me that I can't. There's nobody saying, you know, uh, 
there's we own the rights to this or you know whatever it's it's my music it's so and it's promotion for the film um for um both releases so i mean i just like sharing it and who knows and a lot of the times who knows whose hands it's going to get into and can lead to so absolutely damage vault um your your collaboration with auto kate um how's that uh what's happening there that um that has become a victim of trying to stay alive <laughs> of of each of each of us that are a part of damage vault trying to maintain a steady living and and keeping a roof over our head because uh, when damage vault started it was obviously you know for fun and it even is still for fun but um we both each individual that is a part of damage vault damage vault we each got real busy with work and it's not work that we want to turn away um and being that damage vault is sort of a a labor of love that's what i'm looking for Uh Um, there's no immediate income from it and and we don't do it for income i mean we do it because we all like writing together um but when you know you have jobs to do and you you gotta feed your kids and stuff um you you sort of take you know priorities you know have to be said and you you do the the you know the work and then when when there's time again you go back to damage vault but it's sad because we have so many songs we have about i mean we've released uh with free and and purchase purchasable songs it is i think about eight eight tracks or seven tracks um and there are about 10 other tracks that are sitting waiting to be polished up waiting to be uh you know, mastered, mixed and mastered and everything that we want to get out. So it's it's just a matter of anybody and everybody on the uh, in the collaboration having time to put towards that. And right now there isn't. And I'm sad because Damage World had a very good momentum going. I mean, we're still here. Yeah. We're still hoping that people are interested in, in what we do. Um, but it's right now it's had to have taken a backseat for, you know, more important yeah, oh. um, yeah understand, understandable. Well, what about licensing? You know, lic- making a license. A license. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's definitely something we're looking into. I mean, a lot of the licensing stuff that have presented themselves to us, that have come to us for the damage vault material, have been deals that really don't lean in the artist's favor, which apparently mm-hmm. they do. Um, right. But uh, just recently, we've gotten some offers with. Uh, other licensing companies that are looking better and better. I mean, that's essentially what we would love to do is get yeah. this stuff out there so it can be, you know, it can, it can make money. Who doesn't want to make money off of something they did just for fun? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That would be the bonus. So, yeah, that that's what we are doing while we can't do the other creative stuff. Right. So okay. um, hopefully something will take off with that because that, that would be great. And so much of that stuff, I don't know if you've noticed, on Amazon MB3, I mean, there's so much licensed stuff being sold there now. I mean, like stuff from uh, Two Steps from Hell, you know, their, their Invincible uh, release. Uh, I mean, there's tons of it now. I, mean, I don't know if you've gone in there and looked at it, but there's so much music that is and or was uh, licensed music that they're just selling straight up now. Oh. Like, it's, it's quite surprising that that's happening. Yeah, that, that, what was the, what's the... Uh... The one I just purchased recently is called Invincible, and it's uh, by Two Steps from Hell. Two Steps from Hell, yeah. They, they're the that they do the, all the the licensing tracks for trailers and everything, right? Yeah, but now yeah. you can just, just straight buy their music, and, and it's an incredible release. 
Um, but then they've got, not them, but what, if you buy that or if you see that title, you'll see how Amazon recommends all this other stuff. Yeah. And it's all these libraries that are being released. I think, wow. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wrong on this, but I think Jeff Rona has some stuff there. Uh, no, no, Michael Dooley has some stuff there. I mean, there's James just, Dooley. James Dooley. Um, what did I say? Michael Dooley. Michael Dooley. I don't even know a Michael Dooley. Do I? I'm, <laughs> I'm sure one exists, one. but he might not be a composer. He's probably listening to this podcast going, oh, dude, they just they just mentioned me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know anyone knew me. Uh, uh, but there's all kinds there. So as you were talking, you know, as I was listening to you talking about damage, I was like, man, it just seems like that would be a natural. So hopefully that, that door, I mean, it sounds like it's, opening and someone's yeah yeah i mean it's just it it takes a matter of time obviously um sure but uh yeah the the and it's also getting the right deals that make everybody happy yeah in the in the collaboration you know sure not if all four guys aren't or five guys now aren't going to be you know happy about a deal then we don't do it so right right no that's that makes sense um so crackdown two back to that's coming out very soon july sixth oh sixth july sixth and you can get the demo now playable playable co-op demo oh nice on xbox live you know what we need to do is we need to have like a uh we'll call it a composer co-op where you can come on and people can co-op with you on the game that you scored well well so like when you shoot them you can like i know the cue that's about to come up when i kill you that's probably never been said before on Xbox Live. <laughs> <laughs> so July 6th, Crackdown 2, is there any chance, hope, prayer that uh, your music will get some sort of release? There is hopes, and I think there is plans. Okay. So, uh, which would be awesome. And I think it's going to be, I mean, if they do do it, I think it's going to be a... Uh, a mixture of everything that's in the game. My music, the mix, the remixes, and okay. source music. I believe that's the avenue they want to go. Um, I don't know if it's definite, but I know there are intentions to get it out there. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful to hear. That's always... Because most times it's, well, I can't really say, or no. <laughs> right, right. I know. I, I don't think it's definite no, and I don't think it's definite yes, but I know people on the team want it out there. So. Okay. Excellent. Well, we'll keep our eyes and ears open for that. Well, Kevin, thanks as always for taking time out of your busy schedule and uh, sure jumping on jumping on Skype and making the soundcast uh, interesting to listen to. We appreciate all the hard work that you put into the games and projects you're on, and we look forward to experiencing what you've done exactly in Crackdown Two on July, starting July sixth. Thanks for having me. Always a blast.